What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Tonight to the book of Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22 That's where we're going to start. Genesis 8:22. The Bible says, "While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease." We believe that the Bible is the Word of God. Well, know that we stand on that promise. I, I'm here tonight to remind you that God has a plan for us and for this earth. And no matter how crazy things get or how many different attacks come against individuals or families, this type of thing, the Bible reminds us that while the earth remains, and as long as we're here, it's going to remain. Seed time and harvest, in other words, planting and receiving the harvest from what you planted, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. You can have a confidence that God can handle your tomorrow. And if the rapture doesn't happen tomorrow, God can handle your Saturday and your Sunday and your Monday and whatever days that are yet ahead for us. He can handle it and has a plan. Hallelujah. Because sometimes when you listen to some folks, it can make you think that the world is so messed up right now that there's no hope out there. But I have to tell you, when you're a believer, your hope is not in the world. Your hope is in the Lord. And it's him who gives us the courage to get up each morning and to face it. It's him that gives us the strength to be able to look at a problem and be able to see the answer. We had uh, an older lady in Bible college. Her name was Miss Gamble. But out of respect, uh, within the old Pentecostal circles, they would use the term brother and sister to refer to different ministers many times. And so Sister Gamble... She was one of these ladies that uh, in the early 1930s and 40s was out there preaching the gospel in tents and just doing revival meetings. And many times, let alone if you had a woman preacher, there was just certain elements within a community that just rose up that, you know, women should never be out in front of people preaching the gospel. And she told us stories at times how that when she would be finished up with the tent meeting that night, they always slept in the tent and that way they could watch everything. And back then, of course, they didn't have sound systems so much, but they could make sure that everything was there. And she talked about how she'd get up in the morning, and there were different mornings that while they were sleeping, people from the town would come out where the tent was, and they would bring all their garbage and trash and just throw it all over the grounds around the tent and just make a mess that they'd have to pick up. And remember, back then there was no plastic bag liners. 
you know, you couldn't just walk by and do this. And she said, there were so many times that we would have great moves of God, and then the very next morning we would see all these different people's trash all over around the tent. And she said she never forgot that there was another evangelist that was traveling with her, this other lady, and she said to her, uh, she looked at her and mentioned her first name, Florence. And she said, Florence, just remember this, always outlast your problems. And Miss Gamble looked at all of us in the classroom and as she began to share and uh, tell these stories that was going on, Sister Gamble would look at us and just say, remember this, always outlast your problem. And I've never forgot that. Because sometimes, have you ever had a problem or something that rose up, a circumstance, and it seemed so big in front of you, and you just thought, how am I ever going to get past this thing? Always outlast it. Why can you last it? Because you're going to be here. The earth is going to be here. There will always be seed time and harvest, winter and summer, cold and heat, day and night, and it shall not cease until the Lord says everything is done here on earth. So until he says it's done and calls us home to be with him, we have a plan, we have a purpose, and we have a God who is our provider. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is one of the most important things that you will ever learn in the scripture because it's a key to everything else throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Everything is written on the principle of seed time and harvest. Even in the New Testament, there's places that Jesus refers to the word as being a seed. So when you think about it, all the promises of God are seeds. And we plant those seeds within our very heart. We plant it within our spirit. We hear it just like in a message like this, or you're studying your Bible at home, or you're listening to someone preach, or you're reading a book, and you're getting encouraged. Seeds are getting planted inside of us. Now, the world has all kinds of seeds of discontent. The world tries to bring fear and anguish and plant those things in your mind. You know, you hear something, and before you know it, you can have somebody say something to you that stirs up fear inside your heart. And, and fear is the enemy of faith. But what happens is everything in Scripture is a seed. So, uh, you know, you, you heard other stories of, of uh, Carolyn speaking. Um, uh, again, here, I'm, I'll say this part. First of all, I never know what people give financially to the church. I make sure that I don't know any of that stuff because I don't ever want the devil to try to put me under control of saying, boy, you'd better never say this to this person and always be sweet to that one because they give money and this one doesn't, so you, you can ignore them. I, I don't ever want any of that. I mean, I know people who treat their church members that way. They treat them differently because of what they give financially. And I will never do that. So, Carolyn, I do know this. You're a giver, let alone you get testimonies about that. So you have a right as a believer, if you're really believing to get your debts paid off, you have a right to believe not only that you'll be able to have extra, but that extra is going to come to you from all kinds of places. Hallelujah. That's seed time and harvest. That when you give financially, you have a right to believe for a financial blessing. Now, several years back, a couple of different TV preachers got a little bit off track on things where they started name, saying you could name your seed. But 
with a truth is this. You, you don't sit back and give an offering and say, now I'm believing for a new Camaro. But you have a right to know that when you're giving financially, you have a right to believe for a financial return. When you're serving others, you have a right to believe that that same gift someday is going to come back down around you. Um, Rosemary, you know, one of our dear ladies here, she was talking to me when Pauline first went into the hospital a year and a half, two years ago, uh, over in Trinity and Rock Island. Paul, uh, Rosemary works on the Arsenal Island. And what she would do with her schedule is she would go ahead and get off work and every night she would stop at the hospital to see Pauline and encourage her on her way home from the arsenal. And one day I asked her about that and she said, well, you know, her mother had already gone to heaven and, and Rosemary, her family's all originally from Georgia. And she says, I just want to be able to show honor to another older woman just the same way that other people showed honor to my mother. What a good principle of seed time and harvest. Hallelujah. So that we know that when you're giving or you're serving down at the Oasis or you're giving into missions or this kind of thing, I, I will tell you, Sunday we met our goal and we got extra to be able to give to the Women's Choice Center. Hallelujah. I'm not going to tell you how much extra, though. You'll have to wait till the 28th of this month. Vicki Tyler will be here with us that day, and we'll give her a check. But I want you as surprised as she is. Only we know, you and me, and there won't be no loose lips on that one. We'll keep it quiet. It's good. Anyway. I'm just saying, when you give, just like an investment that we would give to the Women's Choice Center in young women who are going to have babies, that's an investment in the future for all of us. It's an investment of believing that godly children are going to be raised up all over our community and all over our country. Seed time and harvest. So this principle runs throughout the whole Bible, as I was saying, and the creation that God put here on this earth, it is programmed to reproduce. The creation that God put here is meant to be healed. It's just like when you cut yourself and you put some pressure on it and a scab forms. God intends for you to be healed. It's the outside attacks of the enemy that try to get our body to do other things. Sickness and disease tries to kill and to rule and to destroy. But God made our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit so that if we got hurt, it would begin to heal. Hallelujah. So if somebody ever looks at you and you say, well, you don't know if it's God's will to heal you. Are you kidding? Of course it is. You get hurt. It's just like when you get a bruise. You know, when you were a child, I don't know, maybe some of you didn't do this, but man, having a bruise was pretty normal for a boy. I mean, let me go outside. How many things can I fall off of? My mother was always ironing uh, patches on my blue jeans because I'd just wear my knees out, and I can promise you I wasn't praying back then. You know, knees were meant to slide into things, and instead of having to buy new jeans, you just ironed the patches on, right? And put, yeah, you got that right, and ironed the patches on top of the patches sometimes. What's wrong with that boy just tearing up his clothes? I'm here to tell you 
that God has put his word into this earth. That's what keeps it all together. That's what keeps the oceans from flying off into outer space. Glory to God. That's what keeps the oxygen here on the earth. And when they tell you the ozone is going to end, all it just means is from time to time it fluctuates back and forth. It will change back and forth. Remember when you all used to have, you ladies, you would have, and maybe not some of you, but you, you would have hairspray that was in an aerosol can. And when some of you used to have the big high hair, you'd have that hair, and you'd get up in the morning, and you'd just be going circling with that hairspray. And people started coming out, it's that aerosol in those cans. You women are destroying the ozone. So then they all went to pumps, you know, that you had to pump stuff out on your hair. What was that, that final net and all that kind of business? I just remember mom having all those different bottles over there and thinking, what happened to the aerosol? It was destroying the earth. As long as the earth remains. Well, see, Pastor, because if it doesn't remain, we're all going to be in out of here anyway. If the earth quits existing, then we're not going to be here in the first place. We'll be in heaven. So don't worry. Sometimes the scientists all say that chocolate and coffee is bad. And then they all come out and say, oh, chocolate has antioxidants in it. Oh, eat chocolate. Glory to God. Happy Valentine's Day. Let's look at another scripture. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now, remember, we just talked about the principle of seed time and harvest. So we see that before sin ever came down upon the earth, we are reminded that God, he says, let us make man in, an image in, in our image and likeness. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity was right there at the beginning of creation. God didn't look and say, oh, look at the mess that I created. I guess I better have a savior. No, 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 there was a plan from the beginning of complete restoration all the time. If God didn't want man restored, why then did he have a savior at the beginning, his son, whose purpose was to come and to die for the sins of mankind? Hallelujah. I mean, I've heard people through the years say, I don't know why God didn't just make us robots so we'd always do the right thing. We are not robots. We have a free will. And we make choices. Sometimes we blow it with the choices that we make. But other times we are so in tune with God and we're walking with him. And it's just like everything's clicking on every cylinder. Everything is just moving right. So he goes on and he says, Men and women are created in God's image and likeness so that they can be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. When things are out of control, we have a right as believers to say, In the name of Jesus. Jesus. 
I pray over this weather. I pray over this. I pray over that. In the name of Jesus. And we start speaking out because God says we have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over everything that creeps or moves upon the earth. Hallelujah. That means we have an authority inside of us because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can sow seeds of life where there has been death and fear. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Sometimes people write off different nations and say, oh, the Spirit of God will never be moving there. There won't be anything happening. Don't you know, Pastor, that's a closed nation. We'll never get into that nation. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, if you go out here in the hallway uh, on the missions board, there are pictures up of many of the different missionaries and the countries that they're in, but there are also some places that it says the picture and the name has been withheld. Why? Because they're in countries that don't encourage the gospel to be preached. So they go into those countries disguised so that they can be missionaries and establish an underground church to be able to rise up one day. So just like what's happening in China, right now they estimate that in China, every single day, 2,500 people are converting to Christianity. Absolutely amazing absolutely amazing and those statistics are from 2010 so what's happening now six more years later how many more are coming to Christ they were raised up under godless communism taught that there was no God and the people are so hungry because inside of every person is the desire to worship see if it's not a worship of God they worship people they worship things they worship stuff they worship idols so when they find the truth that God had a plan and has a son to set them free, they just right away begin to believe. Hallelujah. So don't give up on nations. Don't give up on places. Say, oh, that Afghanistan. No, no, no. No, no, no. Pray over that place. Pray over your town. Pray over your community. And pray over your family. Even that crazy uncle you've got that doesn't ever seem to have anything good to say. Crazy uncles need to go to heaven. Hallelujah. I had a crazy uncle once. He's in heaven right now. He was crazy. He was wild. God still got a hold of his heart. Hallelujah. Never give up. Boy, let's, uh, let's look here. Um, Miss Diane, why don't you jump over to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. Let's go over there, everybody. Matthew chapter 4. And verse 1. Some of these scriptures may be familiar to you, but I didn't know exactly what the Lord wanted to do at the beginning of the service, but I knew it was supposed to be something about giving testimony and praise to God. And so these scriptures that I put together here are a reminder for us that we are not helpless. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now I have to tell you, after the football game was over Sunday night, I didn't leave the television on and watch the interviews, you know, the post-game thing. It was late. I was ready to go to bed. But I woke up the next morning seeing all the stuff on social media talking about one of the guys on the team that came out for an interview and he didn't look happy. And he didn't talk. He didn't comment right. 
and he even walked away from the interview. And what a big baby he was. Now, you know what? If, if I was on national TV and my team had just lost the Super Bowl, I don't think I'd be coming out and just going, wow, that was so much fun. Oh, yeah, I'm positive, Peter. <laughs> the kid was 25 years old. 25 years old. Some of you have shoes that are 25 years old. <laughs> I don't know anything about the man. But you know what? So what? So what if he didn't answer things right? Does it really matter? It's like when people have a disaster, their house burns down or a tornado comes through. And what did the press do? How do you feel about that? Well, you know, my clothes are over here. My car's in that tree over here. Why do they do that? We've just watched someone go through some agony. Instead of that, now we want to know how they feel. Well, how would you feel about it? Take a look at this scripture. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man will not thrive just on a football game, but we will thrive on the word of God. Your businesses may be threatened in the future by certain economic things. That will not mean that you will be destroyed because you live on the word of God. Your business may be thriving. Amen. Give God the glory. Thank him for it. Because you need God's hand upon it for it to continue to thrive and move ahead. But the world is looking to celebrate a disaster. Don't give in to the disaster. Give in to the truth. What's Jesus do? He speaks to the devil and he says, hey, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live off every word of God that he's given. Verse 5, then the devil took him to, into the holy city and set him upon the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God. Now, it's like, did Jesus not know he, who he was? I mean, how much more had he been baptized? Did he know the things of God that were there? Everything else that was going to be coming down his path? He knows all things. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Every week when you come here, whether on Wednesday or on Sunday, you're going to hear from this pulpit who you are in Christ, who you are in the Lord as a believer, what you can take on and face. And so that every time those old temptations or issues come up that try to pull you down and make you think that there is not a God who has a plan, you go back to the word. You speak the word and the devil shall remain under your feet. And again, the devil took him up uh, on an exceeding high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he said to him all of these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me 
Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. The next time you start wanting to doubt what you know God said or what you prayed and believed, the next time the enemy tries to hit you with fear and doubt on this, you just speak to yourself or you speak out loud to the world that is out there and to the devil and say, Satan, I am not going to listen to this garbage anymore. My family, my job, my boss, my friend is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I shall not be moved. This bad report, I'm not going to let it be my final say. We hear bad reports all day long. Whoop-dee-doo. I'm going to listen to the word of God. I'm going to believe what it says over any circumstance that I face. So just like this poor young guy, you know, well, pastor's not that poor. He made a lot of money on the football game. Shouldn't he have been happy about that? All I'm saying is that was not his day. Have you ever had a day that's not your day? You don't have to say amen to that. But, you know, a day that just seems like no matter what it is, it's going wrong. That day's going to be over, and a new day's going to begin, and you're going to see the hand of God. Or you just may see the hand of God intervene in that bad day and turn it around and make it good. Hallelujah. Your faith and trust is in the Lord. Your faith and trust is in the Lord. And the world can't offer you that kind of hope. The world cannot put peace in your heart. The world cannot bring you satisfaction. It'll not do it. But God... God can do it. He can be a husband to you. He can be a wife to you. He can be a comforter to you. He can be a watch guard in your house. Hallelujah. When you go to bed at night, you have a right to say, angels all around this place were protected and covered in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's better than any kind of watch system you could have put in the place. Have the angels be around your house. Well, pastor, they might need to sleep at night. They don't. They don't. Put the word to work in your life. Jesus withstood the devil with the word of God. Now think about that just for a minute because didn't we read later on in Scripture that Jesus is the living word of God? So when the, when the enemy comes to him and says, if you are the son of God, Jesus knew that what happened at creation when God said, let there be that the words that God spoke was releasing the power of Jesus Christ into complete darkness throughout all the universe and God created the lights, the stars, the galaxies, everything that was out there. He put the planets in place. He knew what had to happen for them to be certain distances so they didn't run into each other and how they balanced it all out so that life could exist on this earth. That's the power of God we're talking about. That's the plan that's been in place to make everything come together. And when Jesus said, it is written, what he was saying to the devil is, I know who I am. The great I am created me, his son, to release the power of his spirit into all the earth. Oh, man, that puts a different perspective on it, doesn't it? And you're the children of God. 
You're the woman of God. You're the man of God. You have that power flowing through you so that you have the right, just like Jesus did when he was out in the wilderness, because later on it says he returned in power and strength. Hallelujah. You have a good victory, you start walking in power. You have a good victory. Man, look what God did. Whew, look what the Lord did. Hallelujah. Next time something comes along, you're not going to be so easily pushed over. When you've done all to stand, finish it for me, stand. Put on that armor. Get everything in place and get ready so that no matter what battle comes, no matter what is said, you will always outlast your problems. You will push through to victory. I mean, because what else have you got? Well, I guess I'll just let my problems overtake me. You know what? There's people like that right now. Listen, you want to have compassion? You want to care for people? You want to pray for people? There are lots and lots of Christians as well as unbelievers. They got so many things going wrong in their life. They're so overburdened that they don't even know if they want to get out of bed. They go to work just because they got to pay their bills, but they hate their life. They hate everything around them because the devil has got them under such oppression. They don't know they can be set free. Reach out to them. Love on them. You know what? Sometimes a smile can open the best conversation. You look at somebody who's having a rotten day and just, hi, how are you? And you know, I've found that in my own life that sometimes the people who look the most down and out are, well, I'm busy, I can't do this. You know, a smile and saying hi to somebody can open up a conversation. I want to challenge you for the rest of this week to look for people who don't look like you. Now, that's assuming that you all are happy. That's assuming that you all have Jesus in your heart. That's assuming that you know the joy of the Lord. Now, I don't mean you have to always just be walking around like, Shazam. <laughs> I'm not asking you to be goober off the old TV shows, all right? If you don't know what that is, Google it, okay? But I want you to have joy in your heart. Look at somebody who doesn't look like they're having a great day and just, hey, how are you? Hi. Well, why would they talk to me? You know what I've always found? If you say hi to somebody, they'll say hi back. I can only remember maybe one or two times my whole life that somebody walked, I said hi to them, and they just... <laughs> Most of them, you say hi, they'll say hi back. In fact, they'll not even say hi, they'll say, how you doing? Oh, I don't want to do that. I'll waste my time. I have to talk. Talk. I'm doing great. How about you? Sow seeds of love. Sow seeds of life. And before you know it, even those neighbors that you only say hi to, you'll have conversation with. And before you know it, somebody at work that you stand beside that never has anything good to say is all of a sudden going to come up and ask you what you've got. And you start to share it, and they start to let seeds get inside them. And the cool thing about seeds is when they die, that's when they come alive. So don't think I'm wasting my seeds on somebody. It doesn't ever seem to grow. Seeds have to die before they come alive. Let's let our words touch people's hearts, get buried in the soil of their heart, and let them come alive 
for the glory of Almighty God. Let's stand up together. Hallelujah, Father. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just take a moment before we close in prayer. Is there somebody you've been walking by and sort of ignoring? They don't look so clean or so much like you, and you don't know if you want to reach out to them? Let God bring that to your remembrance. Maybe it's the janitor in your building you work in. Maybe it's the CEO of the company that you think is too important to have you say hi to them. Just because you got money doesn't mean you're happy. Heavenly Father, stir up our hearts tonight to look for people to love. Stir up our hearts to look for people who need hope. Stir up our hearts so that we can find those that are looking for answers and point them to you. You know where the mission field is. You know where we walk every day. Now, God, combine the two together. Show us somebody to love and reach out to. Show us somebody that we can give a praise report to. Show us somebody that we can say the goodness of God is ready for you. And we'll do it. We'll speak up. We'll give you the place of glory and honor. And we will see our world touched for you. Now, Lord, tonight, anyone here in this place that's got a heavy burden upon their heart, in the name of Jesus, we speak the word, we plead the blood, and we command those burdens and fears and lies of the enemy to be lifted off and for them to hear the word. For we live in a time of seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter. We live in a time of seeing a day and a night and a new beginning because our hope and trust is in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you repeat this faith confession after me? Heavenly Father, I'm a child of God. And as your child, I am created by you. Use my mind to hear and understand. Use my spirit to pick up on your plan. Use my body to reach out to my fellow man. I will be used by you to establish your plan. Hallelujah, Lord. Now give boldness, give peace, give comfort to every person here. Let the joy of the Lord settle deep into their hearts, for we give you praise and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. You can be seated just for a quick moment. Come on down, Pastor Jimmy. We're going to receive our offering. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.